right, welcome back to the Audible Kimbo Camper, John Kajemi, as we are each and every week. And let me remind you, uh, the Audible is presented by Auto Nation, America's largest and most recognized automotive retailer. You can save on 100,000 vehicles right now at autonation.com. Let me also remind you that you can watch the Audible every Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. WFR, CBS 4 Miami TV. And you can download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms and MiamiDolphins.com. Got a big show for you today. We're going to take a look back uh, at the uh, the Dolphin season this last year. And uh, with our sit down, got a little surprise for you. We'll bring that to you here shortly. And then you know, when we come back behind enemy lines, we'll kind of take a further look at the future of the Miami Dolphins. And with X's and O's, we'll figure out something to say when we get there. So that's how it's going to go today. But John, uh, uh, before we get going, time for our look back presented by Morgan and Morgan Law. And let's bring in our guest for a little early shot here. John, welcome to see you again. But we're also welcome to have the big dog in the house, the uh, color voice of the Miami Dolphins, Joe Rose, who's been in that box uh, calling games every week, no matter where they were here, there, in uh, in, in in Cairo, in, in, in didn't matter. wherever. <laughs> did not matter. Hawks in Hard Rock Stadium calling the game. Joe, from Always your ready. Seat, so from your seat, give us your thoughts on the, on the season and – and, and how, it, how, it, how it folded out and, and how it ended up. You know what? I'll start with this. Uh, some of the best coaching I can ever remember, watching a lot of guys get better in, this, in the system on offense and defense, even special teams, um, what we got from special teams. By far the best coaching. I, I can't say it enough to our, our fan base. Some of the best coaching from, from top to bottom we've had. We saw a lot of guys, Bo, get better. Uh, I want to talk about the veteran free agents in the past. I don't want to have to bring up the past, but I got to bring up the past to talk about how good things are. We hit on a lot of veteran free agents. We really did. I thought a lot of guys played really, really well compared to past years. I thought we did a great job there and we're able to develop 12 or 13 um, rookies, either drafted or undrafted rookies. And so I was very excited to get to 10 wins. I didn't like the way it ended. I thought it'd be a more competitive game. But overall, Bo, you get to 10 wins and you got all those draft picks this year, good draft picks. Fans should be excited and we should not lose. And, Bo, I'm guilty of it. John, I'm guilty of it. Don't lose sight of the fact this is a two-year plan. Actually, Bo reminded me, too, a little down and out after that last game. And he goes, Joe, two-year plan. A lot of draft picks in year two as well. And uh, and you're absolutely right, Bo. Well, I, I think, and, and John, we've we've talked about this on the program before, Joe. And I'm I'm assuming you agree. I, I I felt like I felt like what we saw out of this football team this year is what we were going to see out of the football team next year. So I think I think that with with what they've done, John, with the the rebuild and and, and making all the the dramatic trades that you made two years ago, then going through free agency, and like you said, Joe, hitting a home run on a lot of guys. And then going in and into in draft choices and giving you got I, I think I think this football team's ahead of the pace, no doubt about it. And boy, I'll tell you, like you said, you you hit on a, a lot of draft choices, you hit on a lot of free agents. And John's a very young football team, and you've got a you've got a bounty of picks waiting for you to do whatever you will with them. We'll have to. Oh, you're right. And it was a it was a fun season to be a fan. And sorry, I was I didn't jump in earlier. I was watching. 
my my TV. I thought the Steelers just had another turnover, so I wanted to make sure they were okay. But 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 you're right, guys. I mean, it was a fun season. It had to be great for you, Joe, just to to be able to come to work on a Sunday and look forward to winning a game and expecting to win a game. And I think that's where the year uh, jumped from year three, maybe to year two. I didn't know we'd have that many games in year two under Brian Flores. You would expect the Miami Dolphins to come out. And this is a game we should win. You should have that feeling, right? This is a game we should win. And it's encouraging because it started with defense and it was always solid on special teams. And then the offense, you know, would, would catch up. They would, they would jump in in a San Francisco game where they, you know, Fitzy threw it all over the lot. Right. And then they took advantage of a Rams team that was down a couple pass rushers and, and they, they scored some points on defense and, you know, the turnovers and the, and the tight end position, Joe, you had a respect because that, that trio, uh, 91 receptions over a thousand yards, 11 right. touchdowns. I mean, the dolphin tight ends, we haven't talked about them much, you know, over the last 10, 12, 15 years. No. So that was, there was a lot of fun things that this team was a year, I think early on, but now the expectation that bar set pretty high going into year three, and it should be because that's the, that's the NFL. You have to keep improving. You have yeah. to find a way to yeah. get to 10 to 11 to 12. If you're going to guarantee a spot in the playoffs. Right. Joe, let, let's talk a little bit about something that you brought up and, and you use the word, um, you know, we, we, we've watched this team for a long time. We, we've watched them go out and get high round draft chip trips, low round draft picks, free agents, you name it, whatever. And they come here and they stay here for three years. And then we leave. They're the same guy. Yep. This football team over the last two years, Joe, the development of players over the last two years, you can talk about X's and O's and, and, and playing game days and, and doing all those things, but right. you're not going to be a better football team over years. If you don't develop your players. And Joe, I think this organization has been bereft of developing players for probably the last two decades. And I think what we're seeing now is a coaching staff and a personnel department that's done a good job of finding people, you know, locating them, getting them here, and then more importantly, making them better. Look at Mike Gusecki, look at Christian Wilkins, look at Andrew Van Ginkle, and you can go on and on down the list. You can even look at the free agent. Remember the first couple of weeks, we were talking about the defensive free agents, the pass rushers, where are they at? Where, where, where are these? We spent a lot of money on edge rushers. Where are they at? Well, three weeks later, you're not asking that question anymore because they got better as the years goes on. So I, so I think if we, if, if people don't realize the staff and what they've done from that standpoint, then I think you're missing a big piece to this puzzle. Yeah, you, you left out Nick Needham and Zach Sealer, two guys I always think of like anybody could have had them. And one guy's turned in one of the be- better nickel cover guys in the NFL, who I think is part of their plans. And, uh, throw Eric uh, into that mix. and Eric Rowe moving from corner to safety, become a frontline guy. So, yeah, there's so many great stories on this team, and we get it gets lost sometimes. And and we got so wrapped up this year in Tua. And, and listen, wh- whatever you think of Tua and whatever's going to happen and, and going forward, especially with the third overall pick, listen, Tua got a lot of playing time. And I, I've been saying this. I don't know if he can play at what level, Bo, yet. I do know this, though. Most guys get better in their second year from from their first year and I expect he's going to be that guy he's got to get in the right offense whoever the new offensive coordinator will be is is going to be crucial but he's going to have a full off season to throw to guys 
and he got to play a lot. He got to see a lot of things that happened a lot faster than when he was at Alabama. So I think that experience really going to help him in year two if he's our guy, which I think he will be. Yeah, and John, you you know you know you you know you know enough the makeup of Tua. You know what his I'm I'm not I'd be surprised if he's not out there somewhere in some uh, in some in some high school or somewhere throwing out patterns and throwing routes to to some of his receivers out there because I'm not I'm sure he's not happy with the way his season ended this rookie season ended for him I think he expected better and I think he's going to go out and, and and do everything in his power to be better when he steps on the field whenever it is whether it's mini camps or OTAs or whether it's training camp again. The one thing you can guarantee about Tua Tungavailoa is his mental makeup is what you want at the National Football League level. He, his leadership, his toughness, is his, all the things that – all the intangibles, he has that. Now, when you look at what he did, and I agree with Joe, the exposure and, and the experiences that he had playing in the National Football League, just getting thrown into a team that was on a pretty good roll, and I think the evaluation – the Dolphins organizationally wanted to see him play on a good team, not really play on a team that's beat up with, you know, your rookie left tackles out and then your right. rookie right tackles out and then go ahead to go ahead and try to win the game. I think he got experience on a very good football team. And I still think he was able to learn what he's really good at and where his shortcomings are and what he needs to improve on in the off season. And I think, you know, the, the health factor and Bo, we've talked about this numerous times, not being able to have a true offseason and being able to throw and being able to work out, he was just concentrating on how can I be as healthy as I can to try to be a factor on this football team. And I went back and looked at Josh Allen's rookie numbers and I compared them to Tua's, and I'm not comparing quarterbacks because they're different quarterbacks. But, you know, Josh Allen was upside down, touchdown interceptions. He won five games. You know, Tua had a leg up there. there there's a lot of things that on a good football team, which Josh Allen was part of to build it in year two and year three, that Tua, given the chance, might be able to do the same thing because of the vehicle he's driving. Great defense, good special teams, need some playmakers. And I think Chris Career and staff are going to do that in free agency and then draft. Now it's time for a sit-down amplified by Hard Rock Hotel. Continue with the big dog Joe Rose and and guys, uh, it didn't take the season long to, to end before uh, the rumor rumor mill started throwing around, uh, bouncing around out there. Deshaun Watson uh, disappointed with his franchise, the Houston uh, Texans, and and where he's at there. And so the word's out there. He he wants to leave. And and like anything else, when someone wants to do something, Florida gets involved with it. It opens <laughs> right in the middle of it now. We're hey, we got Tua. Let's trade Tua for him. You know, that's a – you know, that's a tricky, tricky road to, to go go along, but it, it's out there. And I don't know what you guys feel about it. I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm of the ilk of I, rather, I would rather see our guy Tua in his second year with, with what they're going to do with those four draft choices and free agency to give him some playmakers. And let's see what the real Tua is like rather than, than jump off the, uh, the bandwagon with him. But what I tell you, you look at, the, at Deshaun Watson and, well, I think it was, what, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Guys having an MVP-type season on a four-win football team. Um, it's hard not to kind of like, you know, lift your eyeball up a little bit and go, eh, that looks interesting. What do you think, Joe? Uh, yeah. Listen, 25 years old, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, can run, can do the whole thing. Uh, you got to listen. But it is hard for me to imagine for all the fans getting all fired up. I've seen on the radio all, already people are jacked up. 
calm down a little bit because I really have trouble believing the Houston Texans who don't have a lot going for them, but they have that position figured out. Why in the hell would you want to get rid of a 25-year-old quarterback? That's the one position hardest to find. You keep that guy and you try to build other things. But for some reason, Bo, like you said, if this is serious, please call. That number is 305. Please call us. Well, John, look, you you know how the you know how this league goes. If you're if you're Chris Greer, uh, if you're Brian Flores, if you're Josh, if you're whoever you are, um, you 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 got to you got to you got to look at it. You've got to investigate. You've got to discover. You got to make the call. You got to you you got it's if you're if not you're not doing your job. I I totally. So I would. I totally agree with you guys. I would assume that our brain brain trust is is that they're as as the old saying goes around here that no one likes to hear they're turning over every acorn (laughs) yes they are (laughs) every one of them and i don't blame them you know but the the point that i don't want to you know the dolphin fans to lose is that you know this organization the miami dolphins took a louisville slugger to the houston to to the to the texans and got all this draft all this draft value okay you don't want to turn around and just give it right back and not be able to, you know, say if, say if this was very true and, and Deshaun Watson all of a sudden is a member of the Miami Dolphins in April, he still has the same problem that Tua was going to have going into the, right. to the season. You know, you need to bolster your receiving core. You need to get a legitimate slot receiver. You need to find another number. You need number one on the outside. And you need Preston and Devontae to be two, three, three, two, however you want to put them. But you need a stud. You need Stephon Diggs outside for the Miami Dolphins. And then playing inside for the Miami Dolphins, you need a guy that can do everything. And I don't think that just getting Deshaun Watson from the Texans is going to make the Dolphins two or three games better without improving around him. So I think you do have to listen because he is one of the top five, six, seven quarterbacks in the National Football League. Uh, Doing what he did on that team, he's very good. And everybody can see it. But I think you, you still have the same issue if you don't improve with the, the draft haul that you got from the Texans last year. Yeah, you, you look what's out there and you talk about, I mean, look, you look no further than, look, they're, they're, they're down there practicing in, in Miami right now, and they got two wide receivers on that Alabama football team that would look really good standing out there on, on opposite sides on the, on the football field on Sundays, and you've got the, you've got the capabilities to do that. You got a great running back in Alabama. You got another great running back in Clemson. All things you need, and so I, I'm I'm all along the lines of let's let's pump the brakes on this a little bit. And and it, the the one thing is you got to project what you think two is going to be with the type of people that you can put in front of him. And I think that I'm with you guys that I think a Tua with the weapons that 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 are available in the draft and in free agency going forward, and with him having a, a healthy offseason. To, to, to work on his football game, why well, I would really like to see him under those circumstances in a Dolphin uniform. Well, that three pick is so valuable. I expect a lot of people are going to be calling the Miami Dolphins, not just the Houston Texans if that comes up. That three pick is valuable. There's a lot of people that believe one of those three quarterbacks is going to be their future quarterback. So, but boy, I'm with you guys. Devontae Smith in a Dolphins uniform. Yeah. Please don't tell me he weighs 170 pounds. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. 
I just want a guy can run around. That guy yep. can flat out play, not to handpick a guy for Chris Greer early. But, hey, man, that's what we do. Boy, that guy would look good. I think he compliment. And, and the other thing you guys mentioned, um, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. Listen, I like Preston Williams when he's healthy. I yep. do. I like that guy. But he's now officially injury prone after two years of missing more than half his games. It, it is what it is. Usually young guys don't get injured, Bo. That's that's supposed to be for later in your career with the injuries. Yep. So you just got some guys, you, you know, if we get them and they come back both healthy, hey, just add on to the party, man. Yep. Two big guys that can play. But well, we need to go out and get a big horse. And, boy, there's no bigger horses right now. And our eyeballs are all seeing the same thing, that Devontae Smith is something special. Well, if, if, if this organization goes out and, and it keeps Tua – keeps all that draft equity they've got, keeps the free agent situation they've got. I, I would expect this team to be a team, John, that you would like to sit behind and, and throw the football to because, I, you know, they're, they're just got the ability. You know, they're, they're pretty well set on, on defense, right? And maybe, maybe, maybe one of these stud linebackers, you know, winds up in your lap or something. But, you know, to me, it's, it's put that equity in the offense and put it, get as many playmakers around you guys you can. If you got time to squeeze, if you maybe can squeeze in another offensive lineman in there, uh, then then fine. But uh, but I just I, I just look at look at what this team could be with weapons going down there because because in my mind right now, if I was going to go if they if they go through the draft and, and draft the way you assume that they're going to, I would say you you go to training camp. Devontae Parker is probably number three or four on your on your on your depth chart, and everyone below him. Boy, they better fight their ass off because it's going to be tough getting a job uh, in that wide receiver room next year. Well, just look at the model, what the Miami Dolphins have done over the last year and a half. They have a roster last year that probably nobody, nobody wanted. They identify probably five to eight guys on that roster they feel like they could work with, and probably two or three of them that end up being starters and blow you out of the water with their production on defense and at running back. I, I think – Probably that mixture of, of Van Ginkle, Nick Needham, and and Gaskin was like, okay, I didn't expect that out of yeah, these guys. Good point. Throw in Sealer, who was on the team that was kind of a just a Langley guy that, you know, didn't know if he could play or not. But now he's a full-time starting defensive yeah. tackle that you can line up every down and say, this guy's good enough. So the recipe was identify off of a bad roster who you could keep. Add to that on defense and free agency guys that you know can play. Guys that, are, that have done it in the National Football League and done it at a high level and some that you've coached and have history with. So they identified that. This team catapulted from where they were last year to this year in 10 and 6. Now, uh, you couple that with attacking the offensive line in, the in last year's draft. You get three rookies that played all year that were really good and that are going to get better by playing. You have to stay on that side of the ball. It's nothing else but identifying guys – they're going to be able to outscore the Buffalo Bills because that's your bullseye. That's your target. If you can match the Bills score for score because you know they have the talent, you know they have a guy at quarterback that can run and throw with ease, you got to score 27 yeah. to 35 points to, to beat the Bills at least once. You got to split with them if you're yep. going to win the AFC East. And if you're going to really take it away, you got to try to you know sweep them. But yeah, that's the target for Chris Greer. You got to find dynamic players that affect the scoreboard in this free agency and in this draft, because you did the hard work the last couple of years. Well, you did all that work. You, you mind you mind a lot of stuff out there. Don't 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 jump out of the mine before you you finish 
you know, build, uh, pulling all the gold out of it. Hey, Joe, we got to let you go, but uh, thank you. Hey, for thanks, guys. Great being with you, man. And, uh, and remember, a lot of fun, Joe. Thanks, guys. Thanks, John. Catch Joe every uh, every week, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. on 560 to Joe, the only guy in town with a radio station named after him. I don't know what the hell happened there. I don't know what happens when they fire you. He'll just change the name. Whoever the new guy comes in will get his name on it. But it was a pleasure having you with us here this Thanks, afternoon, Joe. Thank you, buddy. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in person here one time soon. Going to be a fun off season, fellas, to see what happens. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you, Joe. Now it's time for a look ahead as we uh, go ahead and see what's going on with the Dolphins. And uh, let me remind you that uh, Looking Ahead is presented by AutoNation, where Dolphin fans can sell their vehicles for cash now. Visit AutoNation.com. And, John, as we, as we look ahead, um, an opportunity for the Dolphins pops up where it looks like the Dolphins coaching staff, along with the Carolina Panthers uh, coaching staff, uh, are going to be the, uh, the the coaches for the Senior Bowl uh, down in uh, down in uh, Mobile, Alabama. Moved it to got to move to a whole new uh, facility there where they're going to have the uh, a new stadium there, Hancock Whitney Stadium on the campus of University of South Alabama. But John, I've been down to the Senior Bowl. You've been to the Senior Bowl plenty of times, and and uh, boy, what an opportunity it is for coaching staff uh, to be able to coach one of the teams and get uh, the first class look. I remember when I came in. Uh, when I came into the NFL, my after my rookie year, uh, the Dolphins coaching staff uh, coached the Senior Bowl, and on the, and on that on their team was AJ Duey and Bob Baumhauer, and they and, and Coach Shula said after after coming back after the draft that the reason they drafted those guys from was what they saw in the Senior Bowl, and they, and those two guys worked out pretty good uh, for this franchise. Two of the best players ever to wear the Dolphin uniform. So, so it is an opportunity for the Dolphins and their staff to get that really inside look at those players that are going to be a big part of this upcoming draft. Well, Bo, I think it's a great opportunity for the Miami Dolphins coaching staff and the scouts to be able to go and get a hands-on look at all the top seniors across the, you know, the NCAA. They're going to be able to have uh, meeting time with them. They're going to have uh, interaction. They're going to be able to you know, tell a joke to a kid, see how he reacts right. and get his reaction and see what type of personality he has. Uh, I think it's it, all the intangibles that you look for and, and you're trying to get in these interviews when you go to the combine, when you go to the senior bowl, this is a 24 seven opportunity for the Miami dolphins to get to know who they possibly could draft. And I think that, you know, over the last couple of years, I think Durham Smythe was one of those guys that you know, kind of like jumped off the screen. He was a blocking tight end at Notre Dame and no one really knew about him. And then you watched him a couple of days at the senior bowl and he was got this guy can run routes. This guy's a very good red zone threat because he, he knows how to uh, utilize his body and shield defenders and be able to protect the football and look what he's become with the Miami Dolphins. So I, I think that you do have an up close and personal look and especially at the skill position guys, what they can do, what they like to do, what routes, uh, they're running, you know, to build into your scheme, especially with the Dolphins now actively looking for an offensive coordinator. What type of guy, uh, what type of coaches are they talking to that are going to be the coordinator of the Dolphins that will fit the skill set of some of the guys they're going to get up and, you know, close and personal to see, are they really a true slot guy? Is he better on the outside? You know, can you motion him? And is he that fast? Or is he, is he a prodder? You thought he was faster? You know, all the, the pluses and minuses you get by being on the field with these guys. So I'm, I think it's a great opportunity for the organization as a whole 
to really dig down and find out, you know, a couple of positions of need, what they're looking for, and if they found their guy. Yeah. But the other thing, too, John, as you, you mentioned, and they are looking for a, a coordinator and uh, defensive line uh, coach, uh, Marion Hobby. He's, uh, he's gone away. Um, and, and you hate to say it, it's, it's, it's sad at times, but if you want to look for coaches, no better place That's than the place. Every coach that needs a job is standing right there on the on the way right into the practice field. No, you don't got to hunt very far for them. They're all there. You know what? It's going to be a sad day if, if Logan McCall and John Kinjemi end up at Lad People Stadium and nobody's there this year. We <laughs> end up going there just because we're trained yeah. to go there. Um, you know, it, it's it's funny because you're right, Bo. There's coaches. There's uh, agents. Yeah. There's uh, guys that are in high school that are trying to find a, yeah. any kind of job they can find. Uh, working their way through college coaches. And it, it's a complete, um, I guess if you were a, a headhunter and you were looking yeah. for a job in the National Football League, you just bear to the left when you walk in the gates at, at the yeah. old stadium. And you had a, a plethora. The, the end zone stands were filled with job applications, that's for sure. So it, it, I'm sure it, it, South it, it, Alabama at the new stadium, there's going to be a section that will be roped off. It's certainly a big, big game for – it's really a big game for everyone's playing in it for. It's a big game for the coaches and everybody. But boy, I tell you, John, if you're a football junkie, um, an NFL junkie, it's a pretty good place to be for a week. It is. It's awesome. You you know, you're rubbing elbows with uh, the head. You know, you see Mike Tomlin just kind of breeze right yeah. by you, or you see Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, talking with you know ten other people as they they usher by. So there's a lot of people that you interact with. And uh, it's a lot of fun, and you get to pick their brain sometimes if you have a relationship with guys like that to, to see, you know, their opinion on a certain player or their opinion on, uh, you know, a, a different thing that they tried to do this year in the National Football League that maybe worked or didn't work. So it's, it's a really good uh, skull session, if you will, uh, of ideas that go back and forth that you might, you know, retain a couple of those ideas to implement for your team just by talking to a, a peer, another coach or another assistant. Yeah, but uh, but but for us, for the Dolphins, it's a, really, like I said, for for this coaching staff, a good opportunity to to look at the players. And, and John, you, you know, you, you say, well, well, but everyone can go watch. Yeah, everyone go watch. But the team that's coaching, they've got meetings. They've got getting preparation. They've got film sessions. They've got all those things. And it gives you an opportunity as a staff to know, you know, that guy's been late. We've had five meetings. That guy's been late to three meetings. Or, you know, this guy over here, you know, catch him nodding off. You know, you, you, you see, you get, a, you, get a, you get a better idea of the character of the guys that are playing when you get in the meeting rooms and you're running those meetings and you're, and you're disseminating things, you're giving them things, seeing what they, what they can take from the meeting room out to the practice field and make better. And, 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 and to me, there's a, there's a big value in that. There's plenty of guys that, that – you know, you know, the, the year I went to the Senior Bowl, I, I, I come from I played in the East-West Shrine game, which was kind of a vacation week. And then you get there and all of a sudden, you know, you, we had we had two a day practices at the Senior Bowl and they were hard. They were hard. practice. Yeah. And uh, and I remember I, I I came back to I, I got to my room and, and, you know, some guys bags were in my room. And I had, had a UCLA bag there. And I don't know who it was. So uh, so, you know, come back later and, and he was there and this guy named Cliff Frazier. And, uh, and he was a defensive tackle for UCLA. And so we go to practice, come back from practice that night, and he's just pissing and moaning in the room. 
I go, Cliff, what's up? He goes, man, I didn't know we were going to be practicing this art. <laughs> I, I thought we were just going to go through, you know, shorts and shoulder pads and this and that. And I go, I go, yeah, well, I didn't expect this, but you know, it is what it is, you know? And so, okay. You know, so we went about our business and the next morning I woke up and he was gone. He was gone. All of his stuff was gone. And he just said, you know, he was like, no more. They're practicing too hard. He didn't want to be there. So the guy probably went from a four. He was a first, he was going to be a first round pick, probably ended up being a fifth round pick and then lasted for a year and then, and never stuck. So, I mean, you, you know, those are the kind of things that you see when you're, you know, when, when you've got the opportunity to, when you're coaching the staff or coaching the, the team and you've got the opportunity to, to kind of get the insight on, on the players. Yeah. And probably uh, I would take it even a step further, Bo, and, you're a defensive end. Can you stand up and play linebacker? Right. Uh, you're a defensive end. Can you kick down and play a three technique for us? Yeah. I just want to see a couple plays on one-on-one and see how you get off blocks. Or, you know, you're a receiver yeah. and you're, you've only played the outside, but the Dolphins are in need of a, maybe a slot receiver. Hey, I want you to run a couple routes from the slot. You know, I want you to yeah. run a drag. I want you to run a little dig route. I want you to run a, a speed out route or a corner just to see how he looks from the slot. So you get those, you get a lot of those things on right. the field while you're doing it and you kind of make your mental notes going back to, you know, preparing for the draft to say, I like this guy because he can do a little bit of everything. It's funny you mentioned that because our coach was Ray Perkins uh, at the time for, he was a new England coach at the time. And uh, I think I played tight end. I played defensive end. I played stand-up linebacker in the game because different teams wanted to see me do different things. And so, uh, so yeah, it was, it was a good opportunity, good opportunity for me and a good opportunity for, for, for other people. Hey, we'll be right back after this. Time now for X's and Bows, and uh, John, let's go ahead and uh, take a look at uh, it was a wild week of, uh, of, of playoffs. It's the first time ever in the National Football League that you had three wild card games on Saturday, three wild card games on Sunday, and I kind of broke it up on Saturday, but I can tell you I went wall to wall on Sunday. <laughs> and just went from one game to the next game to the next game without leaving my house, which was a, which was a day of joy, John. Yeah, I had my right leg. It kind of went numb on Sunday. <laughs> I had to get off the couch because I didn't move for about four and a half hours. I, I went to eat and I came right back in my spot. But it was wall to wall football Saturday and Sunday, and it was uh, some of it was better than most. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was it was interesting stuff out there. But you look at uh, you know certainly the, uh, the 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 game that they, that had to like catch everyone by surprise the the Steelers and the and the Browns. And I don't know if it you know if you, if you watched the Steelers over the last month. It may not, there may not have been any reason to surprise you that it ended up that way because boy, after they started out 11 and 0, that ship, uh, you know, started taking water and, uh, and, and it's in the bottom of the ocean right now after, after that game on, on uh, Sunday night, but boy, you, you've got to give a lot of credit to the Browns who, you know, a lot of people are injured. Stefanski wasn't, you know, the head coach wasn't coaching. You had guys out from COVID guys that were injured and boy, I tell you, they went out and just took it to a, to, to a Steeler franchise they couldn't see that one coming. Well, that was a disaster for Pittsburgh. And you're right, Bo, you, you, you called it perfectly. If you watched the Pittsburgh Steelers, or then if you didn't watch and you just thought, oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at home against Cleveland, they're going to roll yep. against these guys. But if you actually watched the games over the last month, that's who the Pittsburgh Steelers became. Yep. Uh, they couldn't run the football at all. Uh, they turned the football over on the very first play of the game for a touchdown, no less. And that was the sign of things to come. And it just kept coming. Four interceptions, that fumble led to 48 points. And Baker Mayfield uh, got his victory in, in the playoffs. And I think 
you know, Jarvis Landry had a heck of a football game, almost 100 yards and a touchdown. So it was turnovers and it was uh, field position early. And then Pittsburgh fought back. You know, you have to give Roethlisberger credit. Yep. He threw the ball, I think, 68 times. But um, they just came up a few points short in the end. Yeah, but he had over 500 yards. How about this stat line? Over 500 yards and four interceptions. How's that one look on you? Right. What do you, what quarterback rating comes out of that? I, I didn't see it. So but I'll look at it a, a little bit later on. Hey, the other, other game uh, in the AFC, uh, AFC, the uh, Buffalo Bills and, and Baltimore, uh, they'll match off up in, uh, in Orchard Park. And, and but I'll tell you what, that, that, that Buffalo Bill football team, you know, they, they're no joke. That, that's a, that's a really, really good football team that's feeling very confident and is hitting on all cylinders right now, offensively and defensively. And Baltimore, they better uh, better strap it up when they when they head up there. That's going to be a pretty good football game. You get two dynamic quarterbacks that can beat you with their legs. You know, Josh Allen threw for 324 yards and two touchdowns, but he also ran for 54 yards and and had a long of over 15 yards. So this is a guy that's a big, strong athlete, just like uh, you know Lamar does with his legs. Lamar Jackson when he's running. Uh, you know, 45 yards for a touchdown, 49 yards for a touchdown. It looks like a running back. So, uh, you know, it's going to be who can who can cut, get off the field maybe on third down when these two, two teams kind of go head to head. And if you can stop Stefan Diggs from those big plays and those big yardage types of games, uh, I think that's going to be the pressure for the uh, Ravens secondary of kind of slowing down Allen and Diggs because they've been uh, just crushing people uh, with that passing game. Yeah, no doubt. And then you move on over the uh, the NFC and the the Rams in Green Bay. And Jared Goff had to had to come into the game a little emergency duty uh, when another quarterback took one on the on the head. And, uh, but they got the job done. Uh, Green Bay with a week off, and Green Bay in, in, the, in the year that Aaron Rodgers have most valuable player. I mean, I mean, this guy is just like setting it on fire. Rams, wish you the best of luck. It's going to be a that's going to be a a tough tough chore uh, to go into Green Bay. Uh, and I, I don't know if they're going to have people there or not, but uh, it's going to be cold and it's going to be a tough place to play. And you got a quarterback with a thumb that's about two sizes too big trying to throw the yeah. football in sub-zero temperatures or whatever it's going to be. Well, I guarantee you, Bo, if they do have people there, they're going to be wearing green and gold because uh, the Packers are a tough team to beat up, up in Lambeau Field. And I, I would throw the Seahawks in the same realm as the Pittsburgh Steelers over the last month. Russell Wilson and their offense, they just seem to be off off kilter. The passing game that was so lethal early in the season kind of fell off, and now the Rams take advantage of that, win by 10, and, and their gift is to go to Green Bay and face Aaron Rodgers. So I think it is going to be a tough chore for the Rams. They're going to have to find ways to turn the football over on Rodgers. If not, it might be a long afternoon. And, you know, that Rams defense can get after you. Uh, I just don't know if – what type of weather you get if you can get to Rodgers before he gets rid of it. And then to wrap things up, you, know, you got uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks heading to New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans has a, a, an opportunity to, to move on. And, boy, I tell you, that, uh, it got a little dicey towards the end of, uh, end of their game going into this one. But, uh, uh, but they made it out. Now, now uh, uh, see if Drew Brees can kind of get that, that monkey off his back over the last few years when they – they were the team that maybe should have been to the Super Bowl, but didn't quite make it. They got another opportunity, uh, but uh, it's not going to be a not going to be an easy one. No, it isn't. And, and the Bucks uh, are going to you know fire on all cylinders. They're going to have so much firepower in that passing game. They've got Leonard Fournette, who's running the football very effectively for them. 
And, and I think New Orleans is a team at home. They've always been tough because it's a t- difficult place to play with, with no fans and the lack of, uh, you know, not being able to hear the opposing quarterback communicate. I think it's going to be a lot easier for Tom Brady to go in there and get a victory on the road. So it's going to be Brady breeze number three for the season. So we'll see what happens uh, if Drew Brees can pull another miracle out at home, or is it uh, instant replay going to keep the uh, New Orleans Saints uh, down again this year? Yeah, it's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be a good, uh, good weekend of football as we kind of wide, uh, you know, work our way down to the, uh, the Super Bowl and uh, after this one, it's a uh, you know championship weekend. Following that, and then then we'll get to the Super Bowl. And and John, it's 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 kind of hard for me to believe that uh, that that we're we're at this point of the season, and and it's gone as well as it has. You, you got to give the NFL and, and these teams and these players and these staffs a lot of credit for being able to in this time of COVID nineteen to go through an NFL season as unimpeded as they did. Now there were some bumps along the way and there were some missteps and some things that, you know, that had to be fixed up. But for the most part, John, I just think it's been pretty remarkable. It has been, you know, the self-discipline of not only the players, but the staff and everybody in those buildings trying to do what they can do their part uh, to try to make it uh, as, as clean a facility and as functioning a facility on a daily basis as you can have during these difficult times. And, uh, it, it's true. I mean, everybody had their bumps in the in the road organizationally, but they were found a way to get through it. And in a bigger picture, the league found a way to massage a lot of things to get these games played and keep them on schedule. So let's uh, cross our fingers and hope we can get to the finish line on time. All right. Sounds good, John. Always a pleasure being with you. I want to thank Joe Rose for stopping by and spending some time with us and glad that you guys uh, joined us to, to watch the program. Uh, stick with us. Remember, the Audible is presented by AutoNation, America's largest and most recognized automotive retailer. You can save on 100,000 vehicles right now at AutoNation.com. And remember, you can watch the Audible every Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. WFR, CBS4 Miami. You can also download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms. And, of course, MiamiDolphins.com. That's going to do it for the Audible this week. Stay safe, and we'll speak to you next time.